a good day. I hope everyone had a blessed and wonderful week. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 26, and today we'll be covering verses 47 through 56. And today's title is called Jesus is Arrested. Reviewing from last week, we learned that Jesus, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. See, Jesus was always spending time with the Father. And he was in the garden praying. Now remember, they had just left the Last Supper. And the Last Supper was held on the eve of Passover. And Passover represents redemption. And we know that Jesus is our Passover lamb. This is why he was sent into this world in human form by our Father. See, he was going to be betrayed. He was going to be flogged, beaten, spat upon, crucified, and eventually he's going to be put to death. But we know this, that on the third day, he will be raised by our Heavenly Father. And Jesus told his disciples this over and over and over. Now, if you remember from a couple of lessons ago, Jesus, while eating with his disciples, he tells his disciples, he says, one of you that sits right here at the table with me will betray me. Now, Jesus, he knew all of this. He knew what was going to happen to him. He knew which disciple was going to betray him. But despite all this, after the Passover meal and after his Seder teachings, Jesus brings his disciples with him to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus tells them three times. He tells them from last week's lesson. He says, keep watch, be alert. And in other words, he's telling them to pray. And you might ask, why, did, why is he doing that? He's teaching them that if you pray, then you will seek God. You will trust God. And you know that God is going to work in your favor. God is going to reveal things to you, especially prophetically, right? And what he's trying to do is he's trying to get them to understand the importance of prayer. Why? you So they won't be caught off guard or surprised by what's fixing to happen. And the message for us in last week's lesson is for us to do the same, for us to, to be in constant prayer with the Holy Spirit. So, so we too won't be caught off guard what the world throws at us, when the world comes against us, because at some point the world will come against us. There's situations in your life that's going to occur that's out of your control, that you can't control, that you need to trust in God, you need to have faith in God, because if you don't do that, then you know what happens? You fear. And that's what these disciples do. See, in this case, in the lesson that we learned last week and today, the government comes to arrest Jesus. And if they have strong faith, then they won't fear. They won't be caught off guard. That's what Jesus is trying to tell them. But you see, the disciples, they didn't do as Jesus said. They disobeyed. You see, when we, when we do our own thing, when we disobey God, when we, do the, when we do things our way and the world comes against us, just like this, these disciples, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fear. Because that's exactly what they're going to do in tonight's lesson. What they do, they scatter when the government officials come to arrest them. Now we also learn, we're also going to learn in this lesson that Jesus does get arrested. And we're also going to see that his disciples, despite saying that they would never leave Jesus, despite Peter saying, Master, Lord, 
If I have to die for you or with you, then I'm willing to do that. But we're going to see in tonight's lesson that doesn't happen because fear sets in when Jesus gets arrested and they know what's going to happen to Jesus. So what they do, they don't want to have no part of that. And they flee, right? So we learn in this week's lesson is the government, not the Jewish people that arrested Jesus. And you see, history has a tendency to repeat itself. And why do I say that? Because we know that Jesus was killed because he spoke the truth. And you see, in the latter days, in the days to come, and actually we're in, we, we, we saw it at the beginning of this stage right now. And it's going to continue to progress and get worse and worse for Christians, for true believers. We know that the same thing is going to happen, that if you speak truth, that if you're on Christ, Jesus Christ's team, so to speak, then you're going to be also beaten. You're going to be arrested. And you're also going to be killed. Be because we know that from Scripture, that as the end times approach, and they're fastly approaching, right? I believe we're at the beginning of the end times. We're going to see more and more of followers of Jesus Christ, true Christians, being arrested, being beaten, and eventually being put to death. So that being said, open up your Bibles to Matthew 26, and we begin in verse 47. So verse 47 says this, that while he was speaking, this is speaking of Jesus, he, Judas, one of the 12 arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now, the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the man stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will also die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Am I leading a rebellion that you have to come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets must be fulfilled. Then the disciples deserted him, and they all fled. So let's go back to verse 47. In verse 47, the first text of that says, while he was speaking. Now he is speaking about Jesus. Remember, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's telling them right here. He's telling them truth about how the world will come against him. But not only him, will come against all of them, right? Right? He's, he's telling them 
that they need to be in constant prayer. They need to be close to God, right? They need to know the situation that they're in. He warned them to be strong and not to give in to the temptations of the world, not to fear the world. And look what happens. While he's speaking, it says that Judas, one of the 12, arrived. Now, this is Judas Iscariot, and we know that this is the one that's going to betray Jesus. So Judas, one of the 12, arrived, but also with Judas was a large crowd. Some of your Bibles might say crowds, plural. They were armed with swords and clubs, and they were sent by the chief priests and the elders of the people. So we see that the people that was with Judas was the Jewish leadership. It was not the general population of Israel. Remember, wherever Jesus went, there was a huge gathering, both Jews and Gentiles that followed Jesus. Jesus was popular, but he was popular with the general population, not with the government, not with the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, the elders. They hated Jesus. Why? Because Jesus spoke truth. Jesus called them out. All that they were supposed to know the truth, and they know the Bible, they knew the Torah, the Tanakh, the religious leaders, but they didn't live by the Torah. And Jesus called them out on it, right? They twisted and turned. They, they invented man-made laws, the elders did, to fit their narrative so it can fit them, so it can benefit them. And Jesus called them out on that, right? Now, it says right here that this large crowd drew swords and clubs. Now, in some other Gospels, it says that we know that possibly there were Roman guards with them present. So we see here that the government officials and possibly Roman officials, Roman guards, they come to arrest Jesus, verse 48. Now, the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. This is talking about Judas as the betrayer right here, right? The one I kiss is the man, he tells them. So in other words, what he's telling them is there's a plan in place. Judas is saying, the one I go to and the one I give a kiss to, that's Jesus. That's Jesus of Nazareth. That's the one that needs to be arrested. Now, this is why many scholars believe that Roman officials were present at this time. Because you see the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, they knew who Jesus was. They knew that, that he was teaching in the temple. He was constantly teaching in the Galilee and around Jerusalem. So they knew who he was. So this had to be some type of, of Roman officials or, or Roman guards that was there that Judas is saying, the one I kiss, that's the man you need to arrest. Now, it's interesting here because the word kiss, when you hear the word kiss, that means what? Love, right? Not, not so much uh, affection, but, but love in a way that's genuine. And we know right here that Judas is a deceiver. He's a liar. Because if he really loves his master, if he really loves his teacher, he would never betray his teacher. So we can say that Judas right here relates to Satan because Satan is also a deceiver. And why do I say that? Because we know from other gospels that one of the reasons why Judas and remember, Judas was a lover of money, right? He loved material things. In this case, it was money. He went to the high priest. And he, when he went to the high priest, and he, he said, what would you give me if I turned Jesus in? 
And they said 30 pieces of silver. He agreed to that. So we can say that Judas fell under the temptation, right? And you see, we are all tempted at some time, at some point in our life. But, but the question is this, and it's not a sin to be tempted because Jesus was tempted, the Bible says. But Jesus never gave in to temptation. And when we're tempted, what do we do? Do we seek the Lord in prayer even more? Or do we give in to that temptation? Because we see that Judas gave in to that temptation. He went to the government officials and he asked them, give me money. And if you give me money, I'm going to betray him. And the scripture tells us that when this happened, that Satan entered into him. See, he was controlled by Satan. And here's the biblical truth that all of us need to listen to and all of us need to understand that when we are rebellious against God, against the commandments of God, against the truth of God, against the instructions of God, against the will of God. In other words, when we are seeking what we want, when we give in to temptation, what will be the outcome of this? The outcome is going to be this, the enemy, Satan, unclean spirits, they're going to begin to manifest in and around you. They're going to begin to act. They will begin to move in your life. Now, if you're a believer, you allow the Holy Spirit to move within you. And if that happens, then you can't be possessed by a demon. Because where the Holy Spirit is, the devil flees. The devil runs. However, you may say, well, what about Judas right here in this case, right? Judas wasn't a believer. You see, none of the disciples at this time had come to a saving faith. And why do I say that? Because biblically speaking, the one who is a believer, the Holy Spirit enters into that person. But you see, the Holy Spirit is not, it's not around yet because Jesus has not been slain. He has not been put to death on that cross at Calvary. So we can say that that. None of the disciples had the Holy Spirit in them at this time. It wasn't until after Jesus' resurrection, right? Because you see, true faith in the gospel just doesn't believe in the identity of Jesus, that he is the Messiah, that he was sent into this world to do the work of redemption. But as the apostle Paul says in the book of Romans in chapter 10, that we need to believe that not only that he died for us, but we also need to confess our sins. In other words, we need to repent and we need to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, but on the third day that he rose from the dead. So one has to have faith in the resurrection. And we see that no one believed that Jesus, who would soon be crucified, and he died and he was buried, that he would rise again from the dead. And why do I say that? Because if, if you go on and you read the Gospels, we know that when Jesus, when the tomb was rolled away and, and Jesus had risen from, the, from that tomb, from the grave, the disciples were shocked when they found out. So, so you can see right here that they had unbelief in them, right? So you see, we know that Satan is the father of lies. And this is exactly what the scripture tells us here about this disciple, Judas, that Judas is a liar. And why do I say that? Because the sign that he gave them was a kiss. And if he really loved his master, if he really loved his teacher, his rabbi, he would never turn. He would never betray. He would have never been tempted and gave in to Satan. 
Verse 49, going at once to Jesus, Judah said, greetings, rabbi, and he kissed him. Now, rabbi, this means master, Lord, Lord of my life, teacher. So we see here that this is a lie, right? Because Judas is going to betray Jesus. He's actually betraying him right now because he's telling him who Jesus is so they can arrest him. So we see that immediately Judas and the government officials go straight to Jesus. And Judas greets him, and he greets him with a kiss. Verse 50, Jesus replied, Do what you have come for, friend. Now understand this, that Jesus knows all. He knows everything about us. He knows everything about everything. And he, he has said earlier, he told his 12 disciples, he said that one of you is going to turn on me at the Last Supper. He told him that. But when he said that, he knew who he was then. Yet knowing this, look what Jesus calls him. Knowing that they're coming to arrest Jesus. Jesus knowing that he's going to be flogged. He's going to be beaten, spat upon. He's going to go to the cross and be put to death. Knowing. See, in the Gospel of Luke, when he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, this is the book of Matthew, but in the book of Luke, Luke gives more details that Jesus is praying and, and he's praying so hard. And Jesus knows that the intense pain and suffering that he's going to go through. And he asks the Father, Father, is this the only way to do it? Because if there's any other way, then I'm willing to do it. But if there's not, if this is your will, Jesus says, then I'm going to do your will. See, Jesus knows this pain and suffering. And in the book of Luke, it tells us that he was sweating so much that he was sweating drops of blood. And Jesus knows this, but yet he still calls Judas right here friend. You see, Jesus knew that he was a sinner. Just like he knows that we're all sinners. See, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But you see, the way Judas acts here is terrible. It's shameful. It's horrible. It's deceitful. Continued on in the verse. Then the men stepped forward and they seized Jesus and they arrested him. So Jesus, Jesus, Judas walks up to Jesus. He gives him this friendly kiss, which is a lie, which is total a deceit, right? It's total deception. And remember, he's controlled by Satan. Why? What ruled Judas's life? Money. And you see, when we have a love for money, or we have a love for material things, things of the world, that's going to manifest evil, and that will rule our life. So we can say that whatever manifests in us, whatever rules our life, right? It might be drugs, it might be alcohol, it might be pornography, right? It might be stealing. Whatever it is, that's of this world. In other words, who's the father of this world? Who's the God of this world? Jesus said this. Satan is. And Satan said that if you are of this world, then you're not of the father. Amen? He said that. So we see that this earth, this, earth, this world is controlled by Satan. So Judas had a love of money. And that love of money manifested evil. And that, that love of money ruled his life. So we see, because of this, he betrays Jesus. He has Jesus arrested. Verse 51. 
when that one of Jesus' companions reached out for his sword. He drew it out and he struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Now, we know that one of Jesus' companions in another gospel, that companion we know is Peter, right? Peter was just hardcore, man. P Peter, Peter had anger issues, right? Peter had very little patience. So we see that Peter takes out his sword when they arrest Jesus. And he takes that sword and he, he cuts off the ear of that servant, of the high priest. Now, there are two things that I want to say concerning this verse. We know from another gospel what happened. We know that once Peter cuts off that servant's ear, Jesus walks over. He picks up his ear and he heals it. He touched the servant. Touched the servant's ear and guess what? Brand new. So the implication here is that there was restoration, meaning that he has a new ear. And this is what healing has to do with. It has to do with restoring. It has to do with restoration. Now, I want you to imagine this. Here's this servant of the high priest. Now, this servant just witnessed a miracle. He knows and he sees for himself what Jesus can do and the miracles that Jesus can perform. Jesus just simply touches his ear and a brand new one is in his place. Now, what a testimony for this man. I mean, I can see this servant going to the high priest, Caiaphas, and telling the high priest, Caiaphas, what Jesus did for him, how Peter cuts off his ear, and how Jesus just walks over there and touches his ear, and he has a brand new ear. I mean, what a testimony, right? And the second thing I want to say is this. The ear represents a couple of things here. See, as the government officials, after seeing this, right, after this, this servant goes to Caiaphas and, and all the people that was with him, the government leaders, the religious leaders, they see this. The question is this. Will they obey God? Will they believe in Jesus? Will they let him go? Or will they be rebellious? Will they continue on with the arrest? Right? You see, this is true for all of us as well. See, or when we hear the word of God, in other words, when we hear the truth of God, how do we respond to that? Do we respond with obedience? Do we respond by putting faith into action? By being an instrument for our living and loving God? Or are we going to do just like these religious leaders, these government officials right here? We're going to rebel against Jesus. Verse 52. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword must also die by the sword. So Jesus right here is giving a command. And Jesus right here is speaking the truth. Jesus is saying we don't fight evil with evil. You see, when people come against us, when the world comes against us, the flesh says, I want to get back at that person because that person did me wrong. And that person might have done you wrong. That person might have gossiped about you, right? That person might, might have stole stuff from you or did things to you 
that, that was unbiblical or, or unjust, you can say, unrighteous. But Jesus is teaching us something here. He's saying that when evil comes against you, when things, when bad things come against you, when people do bad things against you, do not lash out and do bad things to them. Let the Father fight your battle. That's what he's trying to teach us here. He's telling Peter, pick up your sword. Because if you pick up the sword, you're going to die by the sword. In other words, you're not going to fight evil with evil. How do you defeat evil? With good. By praying to God. By trusting in God. By obeying God. By believing for good things to come. Because you have a relationship with our Lord through His Son, Jesus Christ, today. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. And the Bible teaches us that, that if you believe in Christ, that Christ will have your back. Christ will fight your battle. All things are good. And all things good who come to those who believe. That's what the Bible teaches us. Verse, verse 52. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus says to him, right? Because once again, if you die by the sword, if you pick up the sword, if you use it, you're also going to die by the sword. So Jesus is saying, do not fight evil with evil. And that's a lesson for us. Verse 53. Do you think I cannot call on my father? Jesus says. And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. Now, do you think I cannot call on my father? So this right here speaks of the divinity of Jesus. Because look what he says. He will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. Jesus is saying, if I want, I can just call on my father and he will dispatch 12 legions of angels, which would be thousands and thousands and thousands of angels that would come and save him. And we know that in 2 Kings 19.35, it tells us that 185,000 Assyrian soldiers were killed by one angel. Now, if, if, if one angel killed 185,000, just think what 12 legions, a legion is thousands of angels. There's 12 legions, Jesus says here. You don't think that Jesus could have been saved? Well, why didn't you? You say, why didn't he say that? Why didn't he do that? Well, let's continue on. We're going to find out. Verse 54. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? So you see, what was the most important thing to Jesus is that the scriptures be fulfilled. So we see here, once again, that Jesus is doing the Father's will. And this should be the message for all of us, that we should live our life in order or in a way that we, obe that we are obedient to the Father, that we behave in a proper way that fulfills Scripture, that follows the commandments of God, that know the word of truth and apply it to our lives. And how many of us today can say that we're doing that? Verse 55, in that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, am I leading a rebellion 
that you have come out with the swords and clubs to capture me. Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. So what Jesus is saying here is that every day, man, I was teaching. I was in the temple. I was around the area teaching. Y'all was around. The religious leaders were around. But no one said anything. No one criticized me. No one arrested me. Jesus is showing them right here their hypocrisy. Yeah, the religious leaders, they always had questions. They always questioned Jesus. But nothing ever happened to Jesus. Now, suddenly he says, I get arrested. Why? Well, that's the easy answer. In order for the scriptures to be fulfilled. Because prophecy tells us that's exactly what had to happen. Verse 56. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. So once again, we see that Jesus is speaking and relating back to the prophets. So all of this, Jesus says, happened in order that the prophecy that the prophet said would be fulfilled. Then all of the disciples deserted him and fled. So we see that the disciples, when Jesus gets arrested, they scatter. They left him. Now we know, we know earlier, just, just a few hours earlier, they were saying, we never will leave your side. Peter said, Lord, if you die, I'm willing to die with you. But yet we see here that when Jesus gets arrested, they scatter, they flee. Why? Because they didn't keep watch. In other words, they didn't pray. And because they didn't keep watch, because they didn't pray, they were deceived by the enemy. In this case, what they did, they feared. And the question for us is when situations in our life occur, how do we react? Do we fear? If we do, then we need to be more watchful. In other words, we need to have more of an intimate relationship with Jesus. We need to pray more. We need to listen more. Why are we praying? You need to learn to trust Jesus a little more. You need to believe in him a little more. You need to listen to that inner voice of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you will not be deceived by this world. And we know that Satan controls this world. So if you have strong faith and you do all the things that Jesus says right here in the scriptures, because remember, you got to take the scriptures and apply these scriptures to our life, then you're, gonna not, you're not going to fear the things of this world. Because you see, there's certain situations that's, that's starting to occur and, and, and it's going to continue to get worse that the world's going to throw at us. And Satan uses technology. He uses the media. He uses people in government and higher-ranking officials to strike fear into your heart. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then you're going to side with the world. You're going to fear just like the rest of the world does. But on the other hand, if you have a relationship with Jesus and you allow the Holy Spirit to move, then you're going to know what's coming because the Holy Spirit is going to look after you. The Holy Spirit is going to fight your battle. You see, when you're obedient to God, then God's going to take care of you. So there are two things in this scripture. The first is that Jesus is, his emphasis here is on the prophets. 
Because prophecy is very important. Because prophecy tells us where we headed and how close we are to the end times. That's why Jesus always goes back and talks about the prophets. Because we need to study the prophets. We need to know prophecy in the Bible. And the second is this. He concentrates on his disciples. You see, they were called. They were chosen by Jesus himself to be leaders, to be followers of him. But right now, they're not leaders. Right now, they're not followers because they failed them, because they fled, because they feared. Why? <laughs> because they didn't keep watch, because they didn't pray. And the question is this, are you going to leave Jesus when things get rough? Are you going to leave Jesus when the world tells you one thing and the world's in chaos and the media tells you one thing and, and the whole world goes crazy, or are you going to seek the Lord in prayer and you're going to let the Holy Spirit rule you, control you, and let you know that that's all a deceit? That as long as you have God fighting your battles, as long as you have the Holy Spirit leading you, that you're going to be okay. No matter what happens, you're going to win in the end. See, when things happen that you don't understand, when the government comes after you for being a disciple, and they will, are you going to remain faithful? Are you going to trust? Are you going to pray and believe that all things work out for the good for those who believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Amen? And that ends our lesson for this week. We're going to be back next week, continuing on in the book of Matthew. We appreciate all you listening and tuning in. Y'all going to be a blessing for someone this week. We love you guys. God bless. Amen.